Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Here we go, another episode of the Rosie Report Spring Training Edition. Jim Rosenhouse along with you for episode number six, a brand new week, and there it is, Spring Training 2022. We have a new week, our second on the show, and it's the last week of spring training, at least the last full week, a couple of days early next week, but whew, it is flying by, and that has been the major challenge for teams throughout baseball, trying to figure out their rosters with very limited time. And for the Guardians, well, certainly with a lot of young players, they would love to have more time, but they don't, and they're trying to make the best decisions they can. And we will check in with, and we will check in with Guardians president of baseball operations, Chris Antonetti. He met with the media yesterday. We'll hear that interview shortly. Also, we will hear from Brian Shaw. Shaw re-signed with the Guardians after a fine season a year ago. He's back in camp. Has already thrown in a game and, and did quite well. So uh, it looks like he's ready to go, and we'll hear from Brian Shaw in just a little bit on the back end of this episode number six. Sunday in Peoria, a 5-1 win for the Padres, but the standouts, Oscar Mercado with his first spring training home run. Tristan McKenzie was outstanding, three and a third scoreless innings. Zach Plesak started, allowed a couple of home runs, but then settled in, and a pretty good effort for Plesak as well. Now, as advertised, let's check in with Chris Antonetti, the Guardians president of baseball operations, had uh, touched on a variety of subjects yesterday. Yeah, I think all of our young guys um, made really good impressions in camp. Um, One point of emphasis that Tito continues to mention is the importance of them preparing to not only make the major leagues, but help us win at the major league level. And that had been an emphasis in camp, and and those guys came in and did a good job with that, paying attention to details, the way they ran the bases, uh, the way they played defense, how they backed up bases, things like that. But it's an exciting group to think about as we look forward to our future. Could Palacios, do you guys still see him as infield or outfield? Yes, he'll have versatility. He'll likely play um, both outfield and second base in Columbus. How much we, we still have to work through, some of that will be dependent upon which other players are there, but we, we believe he has the versatility to do either. How's your terrace major muscle? <laughs> Uh, I think healthier than some others, so we'll see. Is that, uh, Tito had mentioned you guys were maybe looking into, is there anything? Yeah. 
Um, nothing. I mean, we're just, as we would always do, is if there's patterns that might be emerging, like look into it and see is it just chance or are there some underlying things that maybe we could look at to, to potentially adjust. So we're just having those conversations right now. How do you feel about just the makeup of the club right now, the 26 or potentially 28-man roster going into getting closer to opening day? Work in progress. be helpful to have clarity. I think we're, our belief is that it will be a 28-man roster, and that's currently the assumption we're making as we, as we plan moving forward. Um, so our understanding is that it will be a 28-man roster without limitations on the number of pitchers to start the year, and then it'll go to 26 on May 1st. So that's how we're planning for it. And even within that, there are a lot of things we need to work through. I know Nick Sandlin hasn't gotten into mm -hmm. practice league game at yep. Texas yet. Is he all good to he's, be cleared and everything? He, he should be in the game in the next day or two. So, but yeah, he's cleared. What's he on the Why list? Game tomorrow, I think. Okay, mm -hmm. thank you. Just to check, uh, were any players granted an extra uh, option year, or is it everything uh, the same as coming into this year? Yeah, so the guys that are out of options, uh, Bobby Bradley, uh, Yu Chang, Bradley Zimmer, Oscar Mercado, Logan Allen. Am I missing anybody? Hankus. Hankus has an option. Oh, Hankus. Yeah, he has an he option. He was granted a fourth option. Okay. Did I miss anybody? I think that those those were the out of options ones. Chris, the, there's a, a lot of guys having really good springs, especially in that middle infield mix. And, yeah. I mean, how are you sorting through that based on what you're seeing now and, and then track record? Because I know you try and balance that. And is, is it any different this spring because of the shorter spring? Um, it's not. I think you highlighted, Rosie. We tried to make decisions not based on any one or two week sample of what's happening uh, that said it's still been fun to see those guys have almost to a person have really good springs and uh, find ways to contribute but we'll rely more on what the track record has been where they were on their developmental path coming into the year and now take the new information from spring training and what we learned about their off season and layer that on but we won't just select as tito said we're not just going to go off who had the best stats this spring but each of those young players were excited because the developmental path that they were on seems to be uh, continuing if not accelerating and that's exciting to think about both for the near and long term that catcher maybe you don't want to tip your hand here but is do you guys need clarity on exactly how long Maley might miss before you determine the backup based on the composition of the 40-man roster? Does that make sense? Potentially. One of the themes that we're, we will have to continue to navigate, both in the near and medium term, is just the composition of the 40-man roster. You know, there are consequences to adding 11 players to the 40-man to the roster, many of whom you know, didn't, or all of whom didn't have any major league experience. So that definitely shapes some of our options and alternatives. Combine that with a little bit of a current imbalance between position players and pitching makes that even a little bit more challenging. So we will have to factor in roster dynamics into our decisions as we work through our 
25, 26 or 28 man roster. Exactly what that means for backup catcher, I'm not quite sure. It'll be dependent upon some of those other things, but the roster could be a consideration. You still see uh, Ahmed Rosario getting some work in left field? Or? Mm -hmm. Yep, I think he might be there today. Yeah, okay. He's not in there today? I know. I think he was in there, but I don't know. In left field? I didn't know if he was playing left field. Okay. He's, I, I believe he's going to be getting time in left field. He's been getting work. He, we were planning on getting him in time in left field, but he was sick for a few days, so wanted, wanted him to get his legs back under him, got some time, at, got a day at short, and now we'll begin to add left field back into the mix. Hey, Chris, I was wondering if you had, um, Jack Peterson kind of took a swipe at you guys and a couple of other teams because of the payroll disparity. Um, I was just curious if you had any response to that and if there, I don't know, is it, is it tough to hear it from players like that to take that kind of criticism? Um, I probably shouldn't be in the chair I'm in if I was going to be too sensitive to criticism, so um, I doesn't really impact us. I think what we're focused on is what's the best thing for us to do for our organization. And, you know, I think I've, you know, I've shared multiple times. I know Tito has too. We, you know, we are really excited about the group of young players we have both at the major league level and the upper levels of the minor leagues. And we wanted to be very careful and thoughtful about which players we brought in uh, to complement that group. I think, um, I think for a long time, Many of us admired the way you guys have stayed competitive despite the payroll disparity. Is that getting harder and harder to do, Chris, to field a team that can that can hang and, and win? Uh, I, Tom, our objectives haven't changed. Um, I don't. I think whenever when people look back over you know any of the success or failures that we've had, it's mostly going to be what happened on the field. I'm guessing if I were to ask you what was our payroll in 2016, no one cares. What they remember is that we played in Game 7 of the World Series. And, you know, our goal is how do we find a way to win that last game. And, you know, each market has its own challenges. And, you know, our job and our responsibility is to figure out how to overcome those challenges and, and still find a way to win that last game. And that's what we're focused on. Does this rotation to you, I mean, we saw glimpses of it last year when guys were healthy and when Tristan, sort of that light bulb went off. Um, and Quantrill got settled in his role. Does it this have like the makings of some of those groups we've seen in, in recent memory? We believe it does, um, but we have to continue to uh, translate that potential to performance. And a big part for this group will be you know taking the ball every five or six days, depending upon how we um, how we structure things. But uh, we believe in that this has a chance to be a, a real strength of our team with that group. With Naylor getting back into at least minor league games and then hopefully the next step for Cactus League games, are you guys hoping to be able to see him in right field and first base? Are you just focusing mm -hmm. on just right field as he just gets back? Or what's the plan? Eventually it'll be both. I think with Josh, the thing we want to be careful of is not getting too far ahead of ourselves and making sure we are attacking what's in front of us each day and not putting not getting, not, not looking too far in the future. Uh, the most important thing is that he keeps making progress and hopefully, I mean, we believe at some point he'll be an option both in the outfield and at first base. How quickly that will happen, you know, we have to work off Josh, but it's 
still an option that he can potentially do that even in the near term. Does the timeline that he's on now, I know you can't predict the future, but like, do you think he could be ready for opening day? The best way to say that is we haven't ruled it out. So, um, again, we want to make sure, though, we're doing what's in Josh's long-term interest and not rushing just to meet the artificial deadline and opening day. We realize it's an important and emotional day on the baseball calendar, but we want to make sure we're doing the right thing for Josh and his career. And if that's being on the roster opening day, great. But if it's not, that's okay, too. It's fun watching Stephen Kwan, kind of like a throwback hitting skill set. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, he manages at bats really well. Uh, doesn't swing and miss very often. I think if you actually look at a number of the players we have that are kind of ascending to the major league level or throughout our minor league system, is one of the traits is they do a good job of controlling strike zone and um, not swinging and missing as much. And that's a important skill set. Not, not every guy's like that, obviously, but there we, we do have a number of those guys, and Steven's probably at the, the top of the list in the way that he does that. Chris, was, I don't know if disappointing is the right word, but you know, during the, this trade period and stuff and free agents, we're, you know, it seemed like you tried to you know, add players, mm -hmm. but were unable to. Is that a disappointment, or how do you, know, or you, you had a chance you had the money to improve the mm -hmm. club, and really, you didn't take that big step forward, or right? Yeah, so, I mean, we did explore a number of things. I think, as I shared earlier, we tried to be targeted in our approach to both free agency and trades. We weren't going to make transactions just to make transactions, and in fact, we wanted to make sure we didn't put obstacles in the way of some of the opportunities for some of the young players we think are going to really contribute this year. Um, and so we did have a subset and a target of players, and more often than not, we, you know, they didn't end up here. So on that level, that could be disappointing. But it doesn't take away from my excitement of the, the group we have. And you know, there have been other times when um, we didn't have those options to turn to internally, and therefore, you know, our net was a little bit wider, and that we would have taken, you know, almost anyone to, to fill a spot. And we don't feel like we're at that point. Are you still in a position, like at the deadline, when the trade deadline, whenever that is, um, to, to make an ad if, if you guys are competitive? Yes, I mean we're in the position right now financially to to add for 2022. So um, I, I don't think that's the limiting factor for us right now, and um, and our history suggests you know I can't think of a time when we've been in a competitive position at. Typical trade deadline, or even the August deadline, when there were opportunities to improve the team. In years we've been competitive, we finances haven't been an obstacle to that. Chris, do you think there are, are there spots in this lineup where you can get more offensive production to support this pitching staff, assuming everybody stays healthy, etc. Yeah, I hope so. I think, Tom, right now we're counting on that young group of players to step forward and do that. Um, it could be a combination of players that already have that major league experience and now need to take that next step of contributing at a higher level in the major leagues. And there will be some players that haven't yet had that major league opportunity, and we believe they'll get that this year and are hopeful they'll make the most of it. Does that make sense? Does that answer what you were after? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I can't be specific with guys, but you, you're just hoping that everybody kind of turns it up a notch. 
yeah, I think that that's, you know, that's, we, we need guys to take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of them. And to the extent they're able to do that, we think it can make for an exciting year. That's Chris Antonetti, Guardians president of baseball operations. One of the things that, that the Guardians have done this spring is bring in a familiar face to round out the bullpen with a veteran arm, Brian Shaw, who had a solid season a year ago, 81 appearances for Shaw. He is so durable, and he's back in town to lead a very young bullpen, and we had a chance to visit with him earlier last week, and uh, here's what he had to say. All right, Brian, you're, you're, you're back with the team. Uh, how did this happen? Uh, was this in, in the works for a while, or, or is it something that came together really quick here recently? Uh, I, th I think kind of recently. I mean, obviously we had talks with, you know, Tito and Cherney and all these guys, you know, from the start of the offseason um, and even last year a little bit. And um, obviously once the lockout happened, you know, we obviously there was no, no conversations. Then, um, you know, there was kind of the whirlwind once everything ended and um, teams were able to call guys and stuff like that. And so we were just trying to kind of figure out what was going on. And um, obviously, you know, we've, we've been here and love it here. And, you know, they called. Um, called and we started talking to them um, here and you know got a deal done you know we're just obviously really excited to be back there's a lot of veteran players out there that I'm sure are a little bit concerned about whether they will get to play this year um, getting to know you over the years it seems like you're pretty even keel and low-key was there any apprehension on your part that after all the chairs were filled that you, you might get left out um, no, I mean, I, I, th I think I had a, you know, a pretty a strong feeling that I, I'd play somewhere. Um, did, obviously didn't know where, um, and, you know, obviously signing, I think it was, um, you know, we came to terms, I think on, on t Monday or Tuesday. Um, and you know, that's only eight days, eight or nine days past the lockout. So, I mean, it's, it's not like it was, you know, we started, we couldn't, you know, the, the, the lockout ended, and it's like a month and a half, um, you know, and, and we got a deal done. It was you know, still fairly quick. It just seemed like a long time because obviously spring training's already started. Like it's everything's already getting going and um, all that kind of stuff. But you know, it, it was it was good. It was fun. You know, talking with them and trying to figure out you know what we what the plan was and uh, getting this deal done. Last year, you had a really good season. Almost like a, a second career has started now for you. And I think for a lot of people, if if you hadn't had that year, they would have said Brian Shaw, nice career, um, just. It moved on, but but you had this great season last year, and it, it validated all the hard work that that you put in, and maybe some of the trials that you had the year before, where you were able to locate some things and, and figure some things out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, being able to do what I did last year um, here really, like you said, you know, it it all the work that I had put in the, the off season before, and even at the alternate site before with the Mariners and stuff like that when I was out there. Um, you know, to, to put it all together and actually have a good season and compete the way I did was, was awesome. And to be able to, you know, set myself up to be able to, like you said, get a job this year um, and continue to be, you know, hopefully a, a key part of this team. And you were a key part of it last year because of that veteran presence in addition to what you did on the mound. Um, it's changed so much from your first time through here. Uh, do you ever think about that, how much turnover there's been, and, and yet you're still here and, and a part of that bullpen and a key part? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, when we got traded here in 2013, um, you know, we had a really young, you know, group of guys, obviously, that, that pretty much grew together as, as a team um, and an organization. And, um, you know, you know, there's a few of those guys obviously still playing, but it's fun to be, you know, one of those guys that is still out here and still still doing it. Durability is your calling card. You, you pitch in a ton of games. How do you do it? How do you keep 
yourself going where where you can be available just about every game if you need it? Uh, lucky, honestly, mainly, but uh, you know our, our strength staff and our, our training staff, you know, do a really good job with all of our guys to you know make sure that we can be on the field day in day out. Um, you know, without you know, you know all the preventative stuff we do, all the maintenance stuff we do. You know, we have you know every resource available to us. You know, if we need it. You know, from you know massage therapy to you know needling this that what whatever it is you know we we have the resources to be able to get it done and get it taken care of for the guys to make sure that we're healthy and ready to go so that's the physical part of it um what keeps you coming back though from the enjoyment standpoint and just the the love of the game part it's just fun i, I obviously i just still enjoy being you know the guy that gets called upon you know, every time that phone rings you know regardless of what inning it is you know you get that little you know little excitement you know even if you know it's not you you know um you still there's like ooh, maybe there's that chance that it is me um and you know you just you just it's just still there you know when that goes away i'll stop playing but until that happens i'm going to be here last year you referenced jesse orozco and and his record for appearances you, you still have that in the back of your mind uh 500 and what was it he is 1252 i think i have 693 so at 549, I think, is what I need, give or take, something like that. Not that you're keeping track. Not that, not that I'm aware of that or anything like that. So, yeah, you show up. And what's it like the first day back and you see Carl Willis and Terry Francona and the coaching staff that knows you so well? Uh, it, it was good to see everybody, obviously. You know, everybody, you know, as soon as we kind of agreed to terms, I got a couple text messages from the guys, obviously, trying to, um, you know, obviously make sure what, what I've been doing and throwing stuff like that to be able to come in, you know, throw a bullpen yesterday and pitch tomorrow in the game and stuff like that. But, you know, it was good to catch up with the guys. You know, I had been talking with, you know, um, Carl and, and Sweeney, you know, kind of throughout and even Tito throughout um, once the lockout ended and stuff like that, you know, trying to trying to, trying to finagle my way to get back here. But, um, you know, it was good. It's good, you know, seeing everybody. You know, I brought, brought my little guy in here. Um, you know, obviously he's grown a lot since – the end of last year um so it, it was good for you know good for me and they all saw him so it was awesome and it's it's a young bullpen um as an older player how do you help them uh, which obviously is a, a key part of you being here too yeah I, I think just trying to you know make sure they you know try to not do too much i guess um you know just try to you know if they have questions if they have you know, comments, if they have, you know, observations, you know, whatever they have, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm free for them. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, free, free and available, obviously. You know, we talked down there randomly about just different stuff um, down in the pen, and, um, you know, some of the guys, you know, really, really take it in. You know, that was my my first year in the big league in 2011. You know, we had uh, quite a few guys in the bullpen, older guys that, you know, you just kind of sit there and listen and watch, and, you know, you really – really get to learn you know a lot about about the game and how you know guys that have been doing it for six seven eight nine years um handle themselves and what they do so you know i'm just you know i'm there not only pitch but yeah help help the guys however i can and last year cody allen retired andrew miller retired earlier this week do you ever think you'd be the last man standing in, in that great group that from uh, 2016 i did but only because i'm not going to stop pitching until i'm like 45 fair enough brian great to see you thank you thank you that's brian shaw great to have him back he's had quite a career and looking to be a key part of the guardians pen this season that'll do it for this edition of the rosie report spring training edition episode number six thanks as always to 
Guardians PR, Austin Controllis, Bart Swain, Corporate Trip for all of their help. Until next time, this is Jim Rosenhouse thanking you for downloading and listening to The Rosie Report. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.